Good job. Good job. Amen. Amen. So turn with you would tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm going to be in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Stand with me if you would tonight for the reading of God's holy word. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 21 says, I speak as concerning reproach as though we had been weak. However, whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Anybody want to shout hallelujah right there? Well, if that's not good enough for you, let's go on. Of Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, saved one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I was shipwrecked. A night and a day have I been in the deep. Anybody want to join up now? In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. How about that? Keep going. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. How's that? Okay, well then besides those things that are without, which come upon me how often? Daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things concerning mine infirmities. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to preach your word, Father. I pray, God, that my mind would be your mind and my heart your heart. God, I pray, Father God, that I would rightly discern your truth tonight, Father God, and that your word would live in my heart, Father. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. 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 You may be seated. There's hardly a Sunday, hardly a Sunday ever, that I don't go home after a morning service or an evening service and all the way home listen to my mind tell me how many things I said wrong, how many points I didn't make, the scripture I should have picked, the thing I should have done, how I missed this and how I missed that, and just all the way home, continually, my mind tells me everything that I should have done that I didn't do. And I just want to not sound depressing tonight, but, but I, but I want to tell you that whenever you begin to follow Christ, you go into a warfare that's not a battle of flesh and blood, but it's a battle of minds and thoughts and actions, and, and those things a lot of times are heavier than if I was to pick up a gun and go at it, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a continual thing. Whenever, whenever God saved me, He saved me, and He changed my spirit, and He put me in a new kingdom, and He, he filled me with the Holy Spirit, and He causes me to walk daily in, in His will and in His power. But he didn't save my mind. 
My mind remains carnal. The Bible says that the, the mind is, is an enmity against God. It's actively working against God. It cannot be saved. The, the mind has to be continually crucified because my mind continually, continually tries to go into depression. My mind continually tries to think of schemes and things that I could do. My mind continually works against me. It's not for me. It's against me. And, and that mind has to be continually subdued and brought into subject. What, what does he say? In, I've got a scripture going on in my mind from Romans, but I know if I try to quote it, I'll miss it. So let me just read it to you. He says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The mind has to continually be tamed. It has to continually be brought under the subjection of God. It has to continually be, be placed in a position to where it's not in control of what I do. Because in this world, you're going to have tribulations. These things that Paul mentioned are, are, are true, not just for people that are Christians, not just for people that are in the ministry, but it's true whenever you accept Christ as your Savior, you start feeling these things. All of a sudden, people that have been your friends, they don't, they're not so interested in hanging with you anymore. All of a sudden, people that you thought were confidants whenever you were in the world, whenever you become a Christian, you find out there is a line there. You find out that not everybody wants to believe like, not everybody's so excited about your newfound Christianity. Not everybody wants to be a part of what you know now. You find those things out and you start realizing that you're no longer in the world. And with that realization comes a battle within you that feels bad because you're having to let go of some people, let go of some things, let go of some situations that you've always been a part of. And now all of a sudden you're feeling the heaviness and the weight of that separation. Plus you're feeling the heaviness and the weight of knowing that if they don't change their life that they're not going to make heaven. You know, I, I sometimes feel like I spend a lot of my time praying and, and pulling and trying to convince people that they need to get their lives right when they don't want to get them right. <laughs> you ever feel that way? I spend a lot of my time and a lot of my effort trying to get people into heaven that if I was to get them there, God wouldn't let them in anyway because they don't meet the criteria. Do you understand what I'm saying there? It's sometimes it's, it's such a heaviness. Have you ever woken up in the night season with a burden to pray for somebody and, and you call them the next day thinking that something is about to change in their life and you found out they just got meaner? You ever done that? And you begin to say things like, why do I bother praying for them? Why do I bother praying for this situation? It's not ever changing. Why, why do I bother trying to trying to push to get something going when the people around me aren't interested how, how, how come everybody doesn't seem to enjoy the same love the same power the same why why am i trying so hard when i'm when it seems like that nobody else even cares have you ever noticed that whenever you set up a table for everybody to come eat, that's, that's wonderful. But when you get back in the kitchen after the meal is over with, have you ever noticed that there's always the same three or four people that's back there washing dishes and cleaning up? You ever notice that? It's, it's, all, you know, it's always 
just a few. You'll have a hundred people out here eating and fellowshipping and having a good time. But when it's time to start putting the tables and chairs up and washing the dishes, all of a sudden a lot of people's got somewhere else they got to go. And you end up with the same group of people most of the time that feel the burden for wanting to need to do that. And, and, and what would happen if that same group of people said, why am I always in here washing dishes? Why am I always the one picking up the tables and chairs? Why, am, you know, it's, it's just that continual, what Paul's talking about here. He, he continually is under the pressure and the strain of the churches that he's trying to get going. He, he spent 18 months starting the church at Corinth. 18 months he was down there getting that church going, getting deacons in place, getting pastors in place, putting bishops in place, getting that church going and having it, having it start to be productive. And as soon as he gets out of town, there's a bunch of people in there that the Bible calls Judaizers that show up and start trying to tear the thing up. <laughs> I spent 18 months of my life down there and you show up and start trying to tear up what God's doing. But, but, but isn't that the way that it is? And, and I want to tell you, it's not just in Christian circles. I'm sure if you talk to any of these guys that are like Justin or, 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 or Jim or, or any of these guys that are, that are working in businesses or plants or, or situations, if you talk to them, you'll find out that that's not unique to Christians. It's the same thing in anything you do. It's, it's the, it's, there's always the pressure. There's always the stress. Somebody don't like the way you're doing it, so they try, to, they try to shut it down. They try to tear it up. They send nasty emails about you. They say you're incompetent. They tell people you don't know what you're doing. They, they talk about you. They, they harass you. That's not unique to being a Christian because in this world, those people are mean. They can be mean. They can try to, try to torpedo you and try to take you down and say things about you that are not true. And if you defend yourself, it makes it sound like that, you're, that you did do it. So what am I? Isn't this hallelujah? I, I don't know why you're not standing up shouting by now. Gracious. I thought by now we'd have a Jericho march or two going on. <laughs> Let's get to the good part. <laughs> what I'm telling you is if, you, if you're going to be someone that cares, if you're going to be someone whether you're in the world or, or in the church, if you're going to be someone that's trying to push and promote and get things going, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be, there's, you're going to carry, for the last two weeks about, um, I have just been in a stupor almost. I, I, I try to push to get stuff done and everything runs into a roadblock. I try to try to keep things going around the church and just run into a roadblock and part parts on order can't get there this week. It just seemed like and everything and, and I'm you know I'm, I'm the presbyter of the section and so I've, I've got 22 churches that that are fortunately mostly are doing good but some of them are open now. Can't seem to get resumes in. We're having a little bit of trouble there. A lot of things laying down on me and and, and Monday of last week I. Uh, I just I came up here and I just sat and I stared at the wall for about an hour, not even not even knowing what to do, just just in a, a stupor, just kind of feeling the weight, feeling the the, the 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 concerns, feeling that I, there's so many things I need. Have you ever had so many things you had to do that you didn't want to do any of them? That's where I was. So many things I need to be doing. But I can't get any of them going, so I'm just going to sit here and maybe by some miracle or coincidence, something will come together. 
You know, but I found that coincidence and miracles seldom happen whenever you need to be working. They just, they just don't show up. And, and so I was like that. But Tuesday, after, Tuesday morning, we went to a women's thing. And the lady there, I was, I was basically the only guy there. <clears throat> it, was, it was a women's thing, but I, I drove the bus. So the bus drivers get in free. So I got, to, I got to sit in there with them. And out of all those ladies, the lady preacher picked me out to speak a word of prophecy over me. And the word that she spoke over me was so liberating that I felt like a sixth grader in love. I just was giddy. I was goofy. I know I was goofy. I was trying not to be goofy, but I know I was goofy because I just felt so free and so liberated from all of those cares, all of those weights that were on my shoulders. They hadn't left. They were still there. But suddenly, things had changed for me. I was no longer under that mental oppression. I was no longer under that fight to stay out of depression. I was no longer burdened down with the cares of everything that was going on. And Wednesday, some of the things that I had waited for started coming together. And so what I want to tell you tonight is this. In this world, you're going to have fastings. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have journeyings. You're going to have perils. You're going to have thirst sometimes. You may even have coldness. You may, there, there may be, there's going to be trials. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be situations. Sometimes you're going to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Sometimes you're going to think that the devil has left everybody else alone and he's just concentrating all of his talk on you. Some of those times are going to be there. That's going to be there. But I want to let you know that people that are in the world feel the same thing. They feel the stress. They, they're trying to make their bills too. They're trying to pay their, pay their stuff off. As a matter of fact, somebody told me recently that there's a lot of stuff ending up on Marketplace because the costs of food and everything else have gone up so much that people can't afford to make a mortgage and a boat note and a, and a motorcycle note and everything else. So all of a sudden, they're trying to sell everything to get out from underneath all the stress. They're feeling the stress. They're no, they're, they feel everything going on around them. They know what's going on. They feel, they feel it just like you and I feel it. But, but here's the difference. Finally get to the good part. Here's the difference. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, he says, therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities. Therefore, I take pleasure in reproaches. I don't have to defend myself against everything that's said on Facebook. I don't have to defend Oak Grove if there's anything said against us on Facebook. Like I said this morning, they tried to take away the little saying that the, that the quarterback from the Houston Texans said. But in trying to take it away, they promoted it all the more. I don't have to try to defend myself against those things. I take pleasures in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Why do I do that? For when I am weak, then I'm strong. When my mind is talking to me, telling me how bad. Now, I know I'm not homiletical, hermeneutical, theological. I know that I'm not all those things. I understand that. But I also know that the Holy, if the Holy Spirit's using me as he should be, then I don't have to necessarily be that. You know, whenever I feel like I'm weak, then I'm strong. 
Whenever I feel like that I, I want to quit, that's the very time that the Holy Spirit says, hang in there. When I, when I feel like I've done a, when my mind is saying, you didn't do this and you didn't do that, you didn't preach this, you, did, you didn't bring that point home, you should have said this, you should have said that, I can say, you know what? It doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on the power of the Holy Spirit. It depends on the glory of the Lord. It depends strictly upon him. And if I give him free reign, then it doesn't matter if I'm having a hard time, if I'm going through necessities, if I'm going through struggles, if I'm going through reproaches, if I'm going through distresses. Those things don't matter. Why? Because I know that when I am weak, when I'm in trouble, when I'm having a difficult time, that's the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to show himself strong. He can't show himself strong as long as I'm strong. He gets no glory in that. But when I'm at the end of it and I don't know what else to do and I'm down here with my face in the carpet saying, God, I don't understand, that's whenever the Holy Spirit can come in and fill me up. When I'm battling depression and I say, God, I don't, I've never battled depression before, before I got in the ministry, but now I battle it. Whenever it comes against me, I can stand up and say in the name of Jesus, I'm weak, but he's strong. <laughs> it's not dependent upon me having a positive confession. It's not dependent upon me knowing exactly what to say and what to do in every circumstance and every situation. It's only dependent upon me to lean upon him because when I lean upon him, I find out that he does know the answer. I find out he does know the direction. I find out he is greater in me than I can be in myself. Hallelujah. The difference between me and the world is I've got an answer. Hallelujah. They have no answer for their troubles. They have no answer for their situations. They have no answer for the things that's been done to them that's wrong. They have no answer for why a dad walked away and, and doesn't want anything to do with the child. They don't have an answer for that. They don't have an answer for why a mom would give up her kids. They don't have an answer for the struggles and the trials that they go into. They have no answer for that. But I do have an answer. The answer is in Jesus Christ, hallelujah. For when I'm weak, when I don't understand, when my, search, my search situations is hopeless and helpless and I feel like I can't go anymore and I don't have any more answers, I've found that if I can find my place in him, that he has all the answers, that he renews my soul. He makes me walk on the wings of the wind. He renews my steps, hallelujah. He puts a lamp before me and a light before me and now I'm walking in victory knowing what the name of Jesus Jesus is and knowing that I may not have all the answers but I serve one who does. I may not know the, the situation and where to go but I have somebody who is the supreme leader who knows everything about everything who knows the end from the beginning who saw that I was coming into this situation and circumstance before I ever got there and he made a way of escape that I might be able to bear it. Hallelujah. Praise God. He gave me a word in season. He gave me a word in season. And I praise God tonight that I don't have to be the smartest man in the room. I don't have to be the one that tries to avoid all the difficulties of life. I don't have to be the one that tries to, tries to know every answer of everything. But all I have to do is keep myself secure in him.
because he makes a way of escape that I might be able to bear it. And that way of escape is not a, is not a method of shunning something that needs to be done. But it's the strength sometimes to do it. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a person that does well with, with any kind of controversy. I just don't do good with it. I'm not, I'm not the guy that gets in there and says, well, if you don't like it, you can just take a hike. I'm, I may say that, but I don't mean it. I'll be calling you the next day saying, you know, I didn't mean that. I was just joking. Don't take a hike. You know, that's me. But there has been times whenever I have had to do it. And God has given me the strength to do it. God has given me the wisdom to do it. God has given me what I needed at the time. God has taken away all the stress out of the situation for me. God has blessed me. God has honored me. God has touched me. God has anointed me. And I tell you, the difference between me and somebody in the world that's undergoing the same stresses is that I have an answer. In my weakness, he is strong. He's made a way of escape that I may be able to bear it. He's given me the ability to call those things that are not as though they were. He's given me power over all the powers of the devil. I can, I can bind the enemy and cause him to leave. And if he won't leave from being bound, he'll leave. When I start praising God, I've discovered that. There's been times when I've said, devil, get behind me. And he said, nope, not moving. And I've cursed him and I've said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to move. And he said, nope, I'm not moving. Well, now what do you do? I found out what you do. You begin to worship God. You begin to say, God, I praise you, Lord God, for this circumstance. I praise you, Lord God, for this situation. God, I, you just give God, giving God glory because God inhabits the praises of his people. And if you're, if you're binding and casting and, and, and positive confessions not working, then just begin to praise God because when God enters the room, God enters the room, the devil decides he'd rather make a hasty defeat. And all those thoughts of depression and anxiety and problems and cares and situations that lay down upon you and stress you and cause you not to be able to sleep at night, all business decisions that you're having to make and situations that are going on around you that are causing you not to sleep, you'll find out that if you can get in the presence of the Most High God, those things begin to die so that He might live. Those things begin to fade away so that he might come alive. And I'll just tell you tonight that I have found in my life many times whenever I felt like that my situations were falling apart and things weren't going well, I have found that if I can get in the presence of the Most High God, if I can get in there and hear from the Holy Spirit, if I can find out like he said this morning that this is a day of victory, this is a day of anointing, this is a day of power, this is a day of purpose, I found out that if I can get in that spot... Hallelujah. Then I walk out of there with victory in my soul. The situation may have not have changed, but I heard from the one who can change it. And he has given me assurance that he is for me and not against me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if I know that, <laughs> if I know that in my weakness, he's now been made strong. In my discouragement, he has become the encourager. In my fight against depression, he has been the one that brings me out. In my anxieties, he has removed all fear from me. In my moments of question, he has been the question answer. He has been the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. He's caused all my fears to go away. Caused all my fears to go away.
Because a lot of times the Bible says that fear has torment. Fear has torment. When we're afraid of a situation or afraid of something that's about to happen, that fear brings about torment. But love, there's perfect peace in love. And whenever we can find the love of Jesus Christ, when we can find the love of a master, when we can find a God who loves us and gave himself for us, when we can find a God that makes a way where there is no way, when we can begin to believe that if God said it, I believe it and it will come to pass, I'm telling you, you may have to go through the darkness before it comes to pass. You may have to go through a tunnel that's dark and you feel like it's dark on both ends, but if you'll just keep walking forward, you'll find out there's a light down there. There's a light down there. Sometimes that light's further away than you want it to be, but there is a light. You're not, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We have the stresses of this world, but we have one who can bring us through the stresses. We have one that we don't have to go through the difficulties of, of life we, alone. We may go through them, but we don't go through them alone, and we don't go through them helpless and hopeless and broken and torn up. Hallelujah. But we go through them in victory, knowing that if God be for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. I'm sure Joshua and Caleb were pretty upset when they found out they weren't going to get to go into the promised land. I'm sure they wanted to take those other ten guys and just knock them in the head and say, what is wrong with you? God brought us through a Red Sea. God fed us and he's feeding us in the, in the wilderness with manna. He's following us with a cloud by day and a fire by night. We see his presence all around us. And now you're going to back off? What, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? That's what I'd have wanted to say. What, 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 did you fall out of a tree and land on your head? What is the matter with you? I'm sure they wanted to say that. But they just stayed steady and kept marching. Kept their eye on the prize. They kept their eye on where they were going. They, 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 they went through all the trouble. You know, every day they just waited for people to die. That's all they did. It took them 40 years to get them all dead. And every day they waited for somebody else to die. And after 40 years, finally the last one died except for Joshua and Caleb. Now, everybody that's there, everybody that's there, none of them have crossed the Red Sea. They've been eating the manna. They've seen the cloud. They've seen the fire, but none of them's crossed the river. So whenever it got time to go in, Joshua and Caleb, who know how to cross the river, are there to cross the river. And once they get across the very thing that they thought was going to happen 40 years ago now begins to unfold before their eyes. And all I'm telling you is sometimes you've got to go through the, the trials, the cold, the nakedness, the weariness, the painfulness, the watchings, the hunger, the thirst, the fastings, frustrations, difficulty, depressions. You've got to go through those things because whenever we go through them, and we come out victorious on the other side, we begin to believe that God that's in us is greater than the God that's in this world. In my weakness, he's made strong. In my weakness, he's made strong. 
When I can't make something come together, he makes it come together because he has the ability to create the pieces if he needs to to make it work and the knowledge in which to do it. So what I'm telling you tonight is that you and the people in this world are undergoing a lot of the same stresses, a lot of the same problems, a lot of the same circumstances, a lot of the same concerns, a lot of the things that you and I go through, they go through as well. The only difference is we have an answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. Don't sell your relationship with God short. Don't sell it short. Don't begin to try to use your own mind to try to figure something out. Whenever you load, like the little girl this morning, if you've got enough faith, even though you're in... Even though she was in prison, even though she was ripped from her family, even though she was in a land that didn't worship Jehovah, even though everything about her situation was not good, she still had enough faith to say, oh, if he could just get to that prophet. <laughs> if he could just get to that prophet that's in Samaria, God would heal him of his leprosy. So even whenever we're weak, even though in our situation's not good, if we could just get to that prophet, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he can set me free from all of my concerns, all of my worrying, all of my situation, all of my problems suddenly fall into a place where I begin to understand that when I'm weak, he is strong. That when my circumstance is, is unbelievable, that faith in God, you know, the book of Hebrews chapter 4, he says that those children of Israel weren't able to go into the promised land because of unbelief. Because they just couldn't believe that God could not only bring them through, but also make them victorious. They couldn't believe that. So because of their unbelief, they wandered in the wilderness. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that if I can find a place of rest in him, if I can find a place where I can believe that what God said is going to come to pass, if I can put my faith and my confidence and my hope in Him, then I will likewise learn that God is faithful. And when I figure out that God is faithful, then I find a place of rest. I find a place where I don't have to make everything work. I find a place where I don't have to try to make situations to my favor. But I can just simply rest in Him. And God will bring it to pass. Stand with me tonight, if you would, for just a moment. Could I get the praise team to come back up here for just a minute? Because I don't feel like tonight I was just preaching to me. I feel like maybe some of you tonight, you're in situations that are that have proven to be difficult. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit, Father, will cause our hearts and our minds, O oh God, to relax in you, Father. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that we would learn, O oh God, that there is a bomb in Gilead, Lord God, that there is a place, O oh God, of peace and of joy and of love. And Lord God, 
I don't have to fight my battles. I don't have to fight my battles because I'm surrounded by you. Lord, I feel like somebody tonight needs the, the assurance that they don't have to fight this battle alone, but they can understand that they are surrounded by you. And in our weakness, Lord God, that's when you're made strong. In our inabilities, that's when your ability shows up. When whenever we can't think for ourselves, oh God, the Holy Spirit comes in to give us direction. And Lord, I pray if there's one in this congregation tonight, Lord God, that needs peace, that needs direction, that needs love, that needs their world to slow down so that you can speak to their heart and give them your thoughts and your mind and your direction and your spirit. And Lord God, I pray tonight, Father God, that they would meet you, Lord God. I pray tonight, Lord God, that they would meet you, Lord God, and find out that you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the light in the darkness. It's not just a song, but it's who you are, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. If there's anybody tonight, and if there's not, that's fine. No pressure. If there's someone tonight that's going through a difficult struggle, going through a lot of things in their head, going through a lot of things that feel like it's pressing around them and you're starting to feel like you're being engulfed, you're starting to feel like the, your situation's getting hopeless, you're starting to feel helpless in your situation, if that's you tonight, then God sent me here tonight to tell you that when you're weak, He's strong. He sent me here to tell you tonight that He loves you and love covers a multitude of sins, a multitude of problems, he sent me here tonight to tell you that fear has torment, but God knows how to deal with fear and how to cast it out of your situation. So if there's anybody here tonight that feels like they need God to move into their situation and give them peace, give them direction, give them love, give them mercy, then I want to tell you, make your way down here tonight and we're going to pray with you till we see God give you that peace. Hallelujah. you to leave your seat if you would as many of you as would and come down here and stand behind these and pray with these 
We talked a couple of weeks ago about the importance of laying on of hands to impart that thing that's in you, that peace, that joy, that's knowledge, whatever's in you that God needs to put in these tonight. I want you to leave your seat. Come down here, gather around them, and let's pray tonight till we, till we see God give an answer. Amen? Amen. 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 And come down here tonight and let's do it. You're worthy of every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one that could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you.
think it's a hard thing that you've laid on my altar? You think it's a tough thing for me to take care of? It's not. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to change the situation. I'm going to work. But you have to take your hands off of the situation. And you have to let me work. You have to give it fully to me. To give it to me to where you don't worry about it anymore. You're not concerned about it anymore. And even when it comes up, there's a smile that comes up instead of a frown. You have to give it to me and let me work. It's not a hard thing for me to handle. But it's a hard thing for you to give it to me to let me work, to allow me to do what I need to do. I tell you today, this day, mark this in your book. Mark this on your calendar this day. Write it down. I took it. I have it. It's in my hands. Thank you, Jesus. So don't take it back. Don't walk out of here with it. Don't give it another thought, for it is in my hands. And I do what I do best when you give it all to me. When everything that you have is given to me, well, in return, I give it all back to you, shiny.
victory tonight. Leave out of here knowing that God is for us and not against us. 
God is good. His mercy endureth forever and his truth to all generations. Praise God. Heavenly Father, thank you for victory today, Lord God. Thank you for your anointing and your direction, God. May you receive glory. Father God, may all glory go to you, O God. For, Lord God, we thank you for your power, Lord God, that's demonstrated within our lives, O God. Bless this congregation and keep them, O God, till we come together again, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.